Greetings and welcome to Let's Talk About Books, baby, where we will be talking with your favorite LGBTQ authors. This is Anita Kelly, and my guest today is the newbie to the block of <laughs> lesbian fiction, Annie McDonald. Hi, Annie. Hi, Anita. How are you tonight? I'm good, thanks. How are you doing? I am indeed a newbie, indeed. Yes. <laughs> I am great. Oh, that's good to hear. Are you staying warm? Uh, I'm trying to, yes. I, I write from the colds of Canada, so yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's a little cold here. Is it? All right. So I'm uh, I'm in Pennsylvania. We're, we're kind of mediocre, I guess. Yeah, I was there on the weekend. Fantastic. Oh, you were in Pennsylvania on the weekend? I was. My uh, fiancé actually lives in Pennsylvania. How about that? That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Were you on the east side or west side? Uh, I was in the state college side. I don't know. I think that's middling, right? That's right smack dab in the middle, yes. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I know the area well. Uh, it was, yeah. It was probably very cold there. <laughs> it, it was. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you have a debut novel called Where We Are, right? I do indeed. And yes, I do. When did that come out? That just came out in, uh, it was released in mid-December just last year, last month. Wow, yeah. awesome. So um, how is it being received? I, I think it's been received well. Um, I, uh, I have to say it was a little bit nerve-wracking at first to put something out in front of people. Um, but, uh, especially because it really was my first significant writing that I've ever done. So when you say, you know, a debut novel, it is definitely a debut. Um, but, uh, but it's been really great. I've been pretty excited by the feedback and, and motivated to keep writing. Nice. So are you telling me this is the first thing that you've ever written and it was published? Well, it is the first story of any length that I've ever written. I've, yeah, I've written a couple of short stories. I, I've never thought to be published. I've written them for friends, and it, were, it was actually my friends who encouraged me to take a shot at writing something a little more substantial. So I, I did. That is fantastic. Good for you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so tell us yeah, about good. where we are. Tell us about the book. Okay. Um, it is. It really is just a really sweet romance. Uh, I've always loved the enemies to friend motif. Uh-huh. Uh, so my character Sid and Mia get off on the wrong foot. Uh, that's for sure. It's it's a story that's set in the foothills of the Rocky Mountains in Alberta, Canada, which is an absolutely beautiful part of this country. And Mia um, is returning to her, you know, where she grew up. She's coming out of a dark fog of grief after losing her wife, and she's been traveling across the country, financing her way um, as a trainer of herding dogs, so dogs that, you know, help to to manage livestock. Mm-hmm. And there she meets Cassidy, uh, who is also in transition. Um, Cassidy is also known as Sid. Um, by her family, and she's actually an art curator who works and lives in Toronto, but she's back home in the foothills uh, to help her dad out because he's had an operation and he owns a large ranch and she's kind of helping to manage the homestead. Uh, She discovers that things are in a little bit of jeopardy there while she's there. 
So lots of things are happening for both characters. Uh, there's a lot of ground shifting beneath them when they meet, and uh, they're both pretty strong and pretty stubborn characters. So I have to say, one of the things that surprised me is that I was able to uh, bring these two together uh, because they are so stubborn, but they find humor and, you know, attraction. And I think partly in it is because there's so much tenderness between them that the sum total makes their, you know, inevitable passion impossible to resist. Oh, that so. sounds like a really sweet romance. Mm-hmm. So, well, I think romances should be sweet. <laughs> y- yeah, I agree. Um, so do the dogs bring them together or help to? Uh, well, the dogs are both Mia's and they do help to soften Sid a little bit like dogs do. Um, I think dogs are great at mm-hmm. <laughs> doing exactly that. So. So yeah, they do. They do bring them together, and and there's also a bull who plays an integral part in bringing them together, not in quite a friendly way. <laughs> so, um, did you have to do a lot of research for this, or were you familiar with the workings of working dogs and bulls? And uh, well, I I did have to do some research for sure, uh, especially with the dogs. Um, I was actually in a, a meetup group where I live. Um, and one of the guys in the group uh, was it actually tr- kind of trains herding dogs. So he and I had a number of discussions, and then I did a lot of online research. I have to say, um, you know, the the internet is a fantastic resource. There there are actually wonderful films you can watch of people training herding dogs. So I did a lot of research on that. The bull was actually from my own personal experience. I lived on a farm for a bit. Uh, in my teens, and um, and I've been to actually this part of Alberta, so I kind of, you know, had some sense of the landscape. Okay, wow, that's mm-hmm. awesome. So you had mm-hmm. experience with bulls, huh? Yeah, well, just, just uh, I learned a, a healthy reverence for bulls. Okay. That? <laughs> okay. A healthy respect, because they... They deserve it. Yes, I, I'm sure that's really wise advice. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they're much bigger than I ever imagined they would be, and it is one of the things that struck me when I got to the farm was, wow, they are way bigger than I ever imagined. So. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So, how did you decide to write this contemporary lesbian romance novel? Um, and when did you decide to do this? Uh, well, I decided to do it after completing NaNoWriMo in 2017. You're familiar with NaNoWriMo? I am, but for the, our listeners, can yeah. you explain what that is? Yeah, yeah. It, it's uh, um, short for, or it's an, uh, an acronym. Is that the correct word? I hope so. Uh, for mm-hmm. uh, the National Novel Writing Month. So the goal is to complete 50,000 words in the month of November. And you, you know, you really, it really teaches you discipline. You, to, to write that many words, you really do have to put your mind to it and force yourself to sort of sit and work at the craft. And a friend had challenged me to do it. I had actually just retired. And I was at a transition point in both my professional and personal life. So I decided, what the heck, I'll do it. I think it might have just been a, a very therapeutic activity to take on. Yeah. Um, it can and be. when I complete, yeah, it is. And when I completed it, I um, 
I missed it. I missed the writing, and I just thought. I think what it was most successful at was just uh, kind of destroying the inner critic that tells you you're not good enough to write, or you're not a good enough writer, or you know that that little critical voice in your head. And I wrote with abandon, and I think I sort of exercised it. And then I sat down and I actually started to write a story that I I really I really enjoyed. So oh, that's great. I, I was happy that readers are enjoying it as well. So mm-hmm. so this book wasn't developed during NanoRimo. It was later. No, it was after. Okay. Yeah, yeah. My NanoRimo experience was really just a stream of consciousness, kind of get everything out. As I said, I was kind of at a transition point in my life and. And uh, I needed to get rid of that little voice, and uh, I just pounded it out. And then at the end, you know, I kind of looked back at it, and I thought, there there are some little interesting things in here. You know, it's not as bad as, you know, I thought it might be. (laughs) And maybe I need to actually think about setting my mind to something and planning it, because I completely what is it called, pantsed it. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I didn't plan NaNoWriMo. I just went in and I just started writing. That's great. That is very cathartic. It is. It was extremely cathartic. So, you know, I I think I really wanted to see characters and kind of remind me that love isn't necessarily a once-in-a-lifetime gift. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had some, like I said, I had some very supportive friends who were you know, prodding me along the way, telling me to keep going. So That's great. that was great. Sounds like mm-hmm. it was a, a real healing experience for you. It was. It was. It was really. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. So, mm. so is where we are a standalone novel, um, or were is it part of a series? Well, they are. They are probably all going to be standalone. Um, not that I don't love the idea of connecting characters. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite series is probably the Rivers Community series by Radcliffe. Ah, oh, it's great. Um, but you know, it, it's wonderful. It's wonderful to see characters, um, you know, whom you love come back, and you can love them all over again. In, in fact, when I was writing, uh, you know, I, I did have a hard time letting Sid and Mia go from my from where we are, because you know, I had grown fond of them. And when you send in a manuscript, you're, it's like you're saying goodbye. So, um, but even though I love, I'd love to be able to see them again in Canada, there is just so much distance between the locations. And what I want to do is write, you know, a story set in each of the provinces uh, and territories in Canada. I heard that. I heard that through the grapevine. Yeah. So, so with the geography, it would just be, you know, an enormous challenge to construct relationships without it seeming contrived just because of the geographical distance. Okay. All right. Yeah, I mm-hmm. love that. I love that one. You can, you know, you, you pick up a book and there's some characters that, um, you know, pop up that were from maybe even another series. Like I'm, I'm thinking of um, Radcliffe's Code of Honor that, that was recently yeah. released. and. And all the folks from the Justice series in Philadelphia are are popping up, you know. Uh, yes, with, exactly. With Blair and Cam, um, yeah, it's yeah. great. It's great. I it was. It. it was great to. It was great to see them all together. It was like a high school reunion. I know, right? You know, it was just like, oh, what is happening? It was wonderful. Yeah, yeah. very cool. So, yeah. so tell me more about this writing a 
book set in each province? Yeah, kind of a, it's, <laughs> I think it's a big goal. We have, we have, you know, 10 provinces and three territories. Um, so I've done Alberta. That's the one that, uh, is where we are is set in Alberta. So nine, um, nine to go? I, uh, no, I actually just submitted a manuscript where uh, Manitoba is the is the province that the story is set in. The new story is called When Sparks Fly. When Sparks and Fly? Should, it's going to, yeah, When Sparks Fly should be out this year. Really? And I have plans in my head for one set in Saskatchewan and one set in my new home province of Nova Scotia. Wow, that's great. So mm-hmm. you've already written... A second one. I have, yeah. And do you have do you have a release date for that yet, or no? I don't have a release date. I just submitted the manuscript uh, last week, I guess. Okay. So, yeah. Great, great. Yeah. And and then you have another one in the works, or no? The Saskatchewan. I I have one that I've only just started doing my research on, and that's the one that's set in. Saskatchewan, but the the one that is going to be set in Nova Scotia, which is where I'm I'm moving. Uh, I've already started some research. I was in Scotland last summer, so I did some research there because there's some close connections between, you know, Nova Scotia, New Scotland, and Scotland itself. So I thought one of the characters would actually be from Scotland. Oh, so. cool! Very cool. Mm-hmm. You should mm-hmm. talk to you should talk to Jenny Frame. She lives in Scotland. Oh, yes, yes, I should. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, she could probably be a great resource for you. Yeah, that's great. Um, Yep. Um, And and have you been to all nine provinces? Have I what, sorry? Have you been, visited all nine provinces? Yes, Yes, I have, yeah. I've visited all uh, ten provinces and uh, one of the territories, Um, and that was the Yukon. Uh-huh. And so I would like to visit White Horse, uh, sorry, uh, Northwest Territories and Iqaluit, which is yeah, way up in northeastern Quebec. Wow. It's far. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. a far, it's a far flight. Yeah, it's I'm, a very large country. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. It, it really is. It really is. I'm not yeah. familiar with yeah. with that territory at all. Um, I had yeah. a, a great uncle who lived in Saskatchewan. Uh, oh yes. Yeah. He, do, you, uh, do you know where? Yeah, boy, no. Uh, I could no. probably find out. I, I, um, I have well, the so- big the big city there is Saskatoon. So okay, so, I will uh, probably be be setting it in near Saskatoon somewhere. Okay, yeah. I'm thinking he lived out. Like I have a photograph where he's out. Uh, almost, it looks like it's the wilderness. Uh, yes. Yeah, he's. Uh, yeah. yeah. So. Probably very flat wilderness because Saskatchewan is one of our prairie provinces. Yeah. So it's you know primarily agricultural and yeah. Yeah, it was flat it's, and covered in it snow. Is mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. It's not like that in Canada all year round. Well, I'm <laughs> sure there are parts where it is, but we do have our our warm summers. Oh, that's good. Good to know. Yeah. So yeah. um, so that's my that's my plan. That's my very you know kind of lofty goal is to write that many novels. But I think for me, you know, the, the whole notion of doing it is because I really see the setting as almost like another character. 
you know, where people are and where a story takes place can help to inform the reader about, you know, character in the same way that a sub character might, you know, like a a main character's best friend can say and say and do things that help the reader understand more about the character can explain their psychology or, you know, it can enrich them. And I think, I think setting, I think landscape can do that as well. Absolutely. Um, If if a person like lives in the city and they go out clubbing all the time like that, you know, tells you a little bit about their personality maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, And I think for when I'm thinking about where we are, um, the book, where we are, Mm I, I, it was a really conscious decision for me to place those characters where I did because that location, if you can imagine two stubborn characters and the story is set where, you know, these opposing tectonic plates of the Rockies sort of push themselves against resistance before eventually relenting and Mm -hmm. settling into place. Mm -hmm. So that's exactly how my, how my characters are. And um, that's and what these, they're working at as well. <laughs> and these two stubborn characters have met their match in the ultimate bullheaded bull, right? Uh, well, yes. <laughs> but somewhat. Yeah. Somewhat. Okay. <laughs> so, but I, you know, I mean, I think the fun of it, I mean, I, I love the country that I live in. I, I just find it absolutely fascinating. It's complex and it's incredibly diverse, but, um, some of the feedback that I've gotten back from readers who've uh, never visited Canada but have read where we are have actually told me that they're planning to visit. They never thought about visiting Canada before, but after reading where we are, they they really want to come and see it. So nice. I love that. That to me is, you know, it's just uh, that's just a wonderful outcome. Absolutely, that that tells me that you really did a fantastic job of describing you know, the scenery and, and setting the tone and, and, you know, um, that's awesome. It really is. Oh, thanks. Thank you. Yeah. I'm, I'm really happy. I love it. People come to visit Canada. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, it's, uh, I've, I've actually never crossed the border. Uh, I've been to Niagara Falls, but just didn't make it to the other side. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And that's the, well, I'm sure people won't like to hear this, but that's actually the best side. I've heard that. <laughs> I've actually, yes, everyone says that. I'm like, oh, now you tell me after I've already come and gone. <laughs> well, well, the American side is, is pretty nice too. But yeah. yeah, the Canadian side is quite a, it, it's a very different look than the U.S. side of the fold. So yeah, yeah, I encourage you to come and see it sometime. Oh, we're, we're planning on it. We'll, we'll be up there sometime for sure. Good, good. So have you always been connected to the, like, book industry? Well, I would have to say yes. I mean, in almost every way, too, because, you know, I I had a lifetime career in educational publishing, and now I'm a writer. So, I mean, I've kind of touched on on a number of, of aspects of the publishing industry, as a reader, of course, we're all readers when we're kids. But I had this one book of fairy tales that my parents read to me all the time, at least until I was old enough to read it myself. And it was a book that I, it was read so many times. I think the cover had been ripped off. Um, it was a sewn spine. Oh, so cool. it hung together. It held together. I mean, nothing was getting that 
that book torn apart. And I remember actually taking crayons and coloring the pages. Aww. And I think it's because I wanted to be part of it. Like that, the book felt really important, I think. And I think as a result, I kind of grew up with a reverence for that, for the written word. And, you know, by coloring it, I think I was just trying to like make my mark on something that I felt as a kid was really important. That's so, so cool. That's so cool that you had mm. that experience. I'm not sure a lot of kids today have that same experience where they just want to crawl inside of a story and be part of it and, you know, um, mm-hmm. really use their imaginations in that way. Yeah, I think it's, I mean, it's a, it is a different thing to read with, um, you know, the technology that we have now mm-hmm. and with, you know, and holding a book in your hands. I mean, there's, this is, this is a debate that I've heard, I heard basically all my career because I was in uh, educational publishing. I was in acquisitions and uh, then I moved into marketing and we had discussions every single year about were we going to get away from the printed book and move entirely into the online you know, delivery of information. But the problem was we still have students who prefer to have a book in their hand. And it was very hard. It's very hard still, I think, in some disciplines to actually move away from that printed book. I'm glad to hear that. So, mm -hmm. so yeah, um, it is a different experience for sure. It Um, really is. Yeah. Yeah. But But there's nothing like the feel of a book in your hand and actually turning the pages and, you know. Yeah. 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 It's romantic, isn't it? It is. Really. That's a good word for it. It really is. I guess. Yeah. I guess I have romanticized it. So, but that's good. So, so I did, I did work with authors in the industry that was, that I was in. And I, I, again, I, I would kind of read things that they had written and they were writing in the educational realm. So they were taking these really complex topics and they were making them so readable to, you know, even someone who didn't have a background. I, I specialized in psychology and I, you know, would, would read these descriptions and it was amazing how, how well they had done to write it. And eventually I think it was NaNoWriMo that helped me sort of figure out how to, how to make that happen for yourself as a writer to just be able to, you know, work through it and then let yourself just write it and then come back to it and revise. But so yeah, getting, getting it out is the hard part. I think it was for me. So, um, has being a published author changed the way you write, changed your writing process? Um, like, can you see the difference uh, or feel the difference from, you know, pre-publication? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So? I can. I think, well, in a number of ways, first of all, you know, it's not just being published, but being published by Bold Strokes Books specifically for me has provided me with just incredible role models. So people like Radcliffe and Georgia Beers and Chris Bryant. And, mm-hmm. I mean, the list goes on on Sandy Loeb, Carson Tate, Missouri Vaughn. If the talent is just really incredible there, so I try to channel all of these great authors, mm-hmm. you know, uh, at Bold Strokes as much as I can when I write. Okay. Um, and I've been really, I've been really blessed too. I have Barbara Ann Wright as my manuscript editor, and nice. she's just opened up my eyes to the weaknesses that I have in my writing. Which, and she does it in such a delicate way. But I, I mean, one example I could tell you is that I, I'm very challenged. I can, as a new author, I can write about what characters are doing, but the difficult thing is writing about how a character feels 
about what they're doing. Uh, okay. And that's what's missing in my writing. And well, I mean, it's there, but it's something that I really want to work on more. Mm-hmm. You know, so I would get a lot of comments from Barbara Ann saying, you know, well, how does she feel about what's happening? Um, and then that just kind of sparks me to think about it. So actually my second manuscript, I think I've, I've done a lot more thinking about that as I've been writing. So, you know, that definitely does change the writing process yeah. somewhat, yeah. you know, at the, at the heart of it though, it's always, it's always going to be the same. It's going to be, you know, sit down, plan, research, write, and then rewrite. So you're and, a planner, you know, not a pantser. Well, now I am, I, but I will tell you, Pantsing happens whether you, whether you want it to or not, or whether you're prepared for, for it to or not, because, yeah. you know, I've experienced that, you know, I can sit there and plan um, a chapter, and I sit down and I start writing, and all of a sudden, the, the character is doing something that is kind of throwing every bit of my planning out the window. Okay. Um, I, I heard people talk about this before, honestly, and I, I wasn't sure it was really true, but... <laughs> I have experienced it now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's like seeing ghosts. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't really believe it until you see one. Yeah. Um, so now I understand what they're talking about. So in a way, I do have to sort of pants it as I'm, you know, being confronted with things that don't fit exactly with what I thought was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Okay. That makes mm-hmm. sense. That totally yeah. makes sense. Yeah. You just kind of go with the flow with your characters, yeah. right? They yeah, take on exactly. a life of their own and, and you go with it. They're... Yeah. Like living, breathing things. Yeah, yeah. You do You do get a little bit close with them, that is for sure. Yeah. Um, I think the only other thing I would say about the writing process is that um, I'm w- really working on issues of point of view as well because my first instinct as a new author, again, is to just kind of sit down and, and let the reader know everything that every character is thinking in every single moment. You know, but that doesn't really make for a good reader experience. I think it's better to to figure out the pace and and determine you know which character is the best one to present a moment. Yeah, um, it's like a jigsaw puzzle. Yeah, so I like know. jigsaw puzzles. So I don't to, mind doing it. Yeah, it has to unfold yeah. and take its time. Yeah. and it yeah, does. Yeah, yeah. like kind of like age, like a a you know a good wine or something or good cheese. Yeah. Yeah. It is magical, though. I mean, I have to say, the the whole point of view thing, I just finished reading Chris Bryant's book, Taste. Okay. And it is written from uh, a single point of view. Mm-hmm. And what I'm amazed by is how, and it's. I think it's the first one I read and actually recognized it for what it is, but you you know as much about the love interest in, the, in that novel. Mm-hmm. Um, even though you never actually see her point of view, uh, okay. you 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 know as much about it as you know about the person, you know whose point of view is actually being written, like mm-hmm. the main the main character. Mm-hmm. I just find that really interesting that it can be, you know, it can be done that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and it uh, it was very enjoyable. I really did enjoy that book. Yeah, um, I don't think I read that one. I read the one about hearing. I forget what that was called. Oh, I ha- I don't think I've read that one. Yeah, because she uh, she had uh, her um, they weren't. I don't think the characters were connected, but they uh, she did books about the senses. Oh yes, yes, that's right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Which, which is really a, a a unique thing to do. That's pretty cool. 
So, so you mentioned yep. that you are published with Bold Strokes, um, mm-hmm. and how how did you get hooked up with them? How did you choose them, or they oh. choose you? Uh, well, um, so I did the NaNoWriMo thing. I I I sat down and I thought, you know, I I just want to write about love. You know, the kind of love that finds its way to you in spite of any flaws or fears that you have. And in my life, I've been really gifted with that kind of love. And I've, I've found my heroes. So I kind of wanted to celebrate that by writing about heroes. And I think, you know, the women in these books, um, they are, you know, they're heroic. Mm-hmm. You know, they overcome things. They challenge themselves uh, in order to be together. And at the time that I wrote Where We Are... I was really motivated by the memory of my wife, Sharon. Uh, she had cancer. She had taken on a really brutal cri- uh, clinical trial um, during her battle with cancer. And she knew that it wasn't going to cure her, but she hoped that it would help others down the road. Like, that's who she was. And to me, that's a hero. You Absolutely. Know? So, Absolutely. So... Where We Are, Sid and Mia, and Luke and Danny in my next book, where, uh, When Sparks Fly, they're all heroic in different ways. They're flawed like all of us, but they're brave. Yeah, yeah. So, I, so oh, yeah. Your, your wife passed so away? Back to your, I, yes, she did. Yeah, yeah so She sorry. passed away yeah, over five years ago. So sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But she, like I said, she was a hero, and she was kind of sitting on my shoulder as I wrote my manuscript, uh, I'm pretty sure. That's so <laughs> yeah. sweet. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So when I was when I was done the manuscript, though, you know, I had friends, of course, encouraging me to submit it to a publisher. And in my career in educational publishing, I'd learned that the best publisher to submit a manuscript to is one who publishes books that are closest in most respects, at least, to the one you've written. And to me, you know, Bold Strokes really is lesbian romantic fiction. I mean, it's it's grown into a lot more now. It's become really diverse. Oh, and yeah. I'm just really proud to be part of their team. It was the only company I considered sending the manuscript to. It's the only one I sent it to. And uh, I still can't believe they said yes. And, you know, now they've said yes again. So I'm awesome. I'm really delighted. Awesome. Yeah, I'm in a really good place. Good for you. Yeah, yeah that is exciting. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So yeah. I'm hearing that you're kind of like a romantic at heart yourself. Oh, well, um, my fiance would say no. <laughs> um, <laughs> I definitely that? Well, I definitely want to be, and I do have my moments, you know, I mean, I think we all have moments where we, you know, just make, you know, a, a grand gesture or we, yeah. you know, we just say the right thing at the right time. But, yeah. you know, she does have a point. <laughs> <laughs> she does have a point. I'm not terribly, terribly romantic. Um, but it's interesting because in, in writing, it kind of gives me a chance to work out, you know, those muscles. Um, mm-hmm. but I still, I still have weak spots, I have to say. <laughs> and I mean, one of them is like I mentioned earlier, which is, is creating the connection between what a character does, you know, and, and what it means and how it feels and what is the significance of what the character has just done, you know, because I think all of that it helps a reader relate to the character more. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we want to do when we read these books. We want to, we want to read about characters who are heroic. We want to read about characters we like, yeah. you know, we want to read about characters who overcome and, you know, that's, that's romantic. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. 
that's that, where I that's where I want to get to, and I'm working on it. Yeah, <laughs> we we want the good guy to win, right? That's right, absolutely. Yeah. So what do I, you? I remember. Go yeah. ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to ask you what just, you like to read. Oh my gosh, how much time do we have, Anita? Um, <laughs> I've been reading a lot lately. Actually, yeah. I've I've read more. Uh, in the past few years than I had in probably the 10 years before. Part of that is because I retired. So I have more, you know, free time to do that kind of sure, thing. Sure, sure, that's nice. But, yeah, but I've been reading a lot. I, of course, I, you know, I read and love romantic fiction. Uh, so I eat those stories up like popcorn the movies in a way. Um, <laughs> you know, I just finished Chris Bryant's Taste. Um, I also read uh, just recently Claire Ashton's novel from a couple of years ago, The Goodman's. Okay. Yeah. Uh, which is really good. It's just so rich with emotion, and it's it, it has a great you know. It's layered with a message about how important community is, um, and she tackles you know issues like economic inequality. And I I love it when a a, a book kind of takes on a little bit of a uh, an issue, a social issue. Yeah. You know how we manage things like uh, pollution or food inequity or Aboriginal reconciliation, you know, like yes. all of these things are really important yeah. to to me and to a lot of our readers. And I think it's, you know, fair to to want to, to, to tackle those. And she does. And the other thing I love about the Goodmans is that it has multi-generational um, love relationships. Okay. And I just, I just loved it. It was terrific. That's nice. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm looking forward to, in, in, the, in terms of romances, um, Nan Higgins has a second book coming out this year. It's a paranormal romance called The Mortician's Daughter. Um, and she's a newbie like I am, so we cheer each other on. We actually, you know, support each other and and get each other through our rough spots when we're having rough spots. So oh, that's um, great to I'm have looking, someone like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But right now, actually, I listen to a lot because, as I mentioned, I have um, my fiance actually lives down in Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. So I listen to a lot of books on tape and audio books. Mm -hmm. And so I'm listening to Malcolm Gladwell's Talking to Strangers right now, Mm -hmm. which is really interesting exploration of like communication and and its failures with human beings. And it's, you know, it's just incredibly informative. Um, and the, the audio book has done really well because I don't know if you're familiar with Gladwell, but he, he's the guy behind revisionist history, Yeah, which is like always on the top 10 podcast list. It's, it's great to listen to. So what he's done in this audio book is he's combined like podcast and audio book. So you get snippets of real, um, interviews with people and, you know, real court proceedings and, like, it's just really, it's very rich in how it presents the information. Oh, that so that's a good. really, yeah. yeah, it's a really good one. If you have any interest in sort of human psychology and communication, it's it's an absolutely great, uh, it's a great book to listen that, to. That's my day job. That's your day job. Yes. Great. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah, I'm going to check that out for yeah. sure. It's yeah. the book for you. Now, I will, I have to say, though, the book I enjoyed the absolute most this year was the seven husbands of Evelyn Hugo. Oh, really? By yeah, by Taylor Jenkins Reid. I was, I have to say, I was so wrenching. It was just deeply about love, and um, I think someone told me recently that it's going to be made into a TV production by uh, 
is it Eileen Chaikin with the L word and Jennifer Beale? Really? The two of them, yeah, the two of them have apparently bought rights to it. So we may be seeing something there. Um, but I, it was a, I don't know if you've read it. To no, I haven't. It, no. Yeah. And that's another one that the audiobook is really well done. Okay. Yeah. Like, I do a lot of traveling, really well so done. I'll have to, uh, to check those yeah. out. Um, oh, I hi- highly recommend it. Yeah. 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 I always like to, to read the book before a movie comes out, you know, mm-hmm. such a, yeah. such a difference sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Did you, did you happen to read where the crawdad sing? I think I did actually. Yeah. So, so that's another one that's going to be made into a movie. Uh, Reese Witherspoon had it in her book club, and I think she bought the rights to it. Really? So oh my I'm, goodness! She I'm would sure be great she's. In that. Well, I'm sure she's involved in the production somehow, but um, as a producer, I don't think she's going to be starring in it. But I don't, you know, I'm not sure. But yeah. I really enjoyed that book. You know, I thought it was just. It was, yeah, I have to say, after I finished re- uh, listening to it, I thought to myself, wow, I, I really have to, you know, to reach higher in my writing because it was just so evocative and, you know, really, really beautiful, especially with regard to the landscape because it's, you know, it's, it takes place in a marsh yeah. and there are times when you could almost feel the mud between your toes. Yeah. Like I, that's how evocative her writing is. That was a couple of years ago, right? Yeah. Yeah, uh, it was. Yeah. I think yeah. Uh, our book club read that. Yeah. Yeah. That was a great one. Yeah. 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 So, so wow. I've been doing a lot of reading. You sure writing. have. That's awesome. <laughs> so, thanks for, yeah. yeah, thanks for the great tips on, on suggestions on some books. I'm going to check these out. Absolutely. So, yeah. So, um, Annie, I know, I know you're kind of new to all this, but do you like mm-hmm. to hear from your readers? I, I've had a couple of, um, well, actually there have been a few reviews posted online. Okay. Um, and you know, they're, they're, I mean, I'm very encouraged by them. I have to say they're, you know, everyone has an opinion. Um, I think everything's fair and I, but I'm really, you know, overall very encouraged by them. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm very touched when people take the time to, to send you an email and, you know, tell you that they've really enjoyed what they've read and they're looking forward to your next book. It's, nice. it's really quite wonderful. Yeah. So how could our listeners email you? How can they contact you? Uh, they can contact me always through the Bold Strokes Books website. Um, they just have to go into the author's area and you can click and reach me anytime that way. Okay, great, great. And are you on yep. social media at all? Um, I am on Twitter, and my handle is a very complicated one. Okay. <laughs> but if you but but if you uh, if you look up uh, oh gosh, I don't even know how you would go about doing it. But I promise, next time we talk, Anita, uh-huh. I will have worked out the whole social media world. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but but right now, if you would like to contact me, I invite you to please go through the Bold Strokes website. Awesome. Um, okay. Great. Yeah, Drop me a line. All right. Well, thanks. Um, and do you have any parting words for our listeners? I I'm just so grateful, honestly, that people continue to read and continue to support the you know LGBTQ publishing genre. I think it's 
I think it's, gosh, I, I so wish that when I was young and I was, you know, coming to terms with who I was, that there were books like this for me to read that were more available. And now, you know, the internet just gives us so much access to books of all different, you know, shapes and sizes. Yeah. Um, I think the diversity is amazing. It can only be good. And I just encourage people to keep reading. Yeah. Great. That's, yeah. Those are yeah. great words of wisdom. Definitely. Keep reading folks. Um, keep reading. Yep. So Annie McDonald, thank you for joining us tonight. Thank you. Thank you very much, Anita. Thank you to all of the listeners. And I hope we can talk again when my next book is out. Yep. And for all you listening, um, Annie's book is called Where We Are, and it was just released in around mid-December. Um, so be sure to pick up a copy through Bold Strokes Books. Um, I'm Anita Kelly, and that's all the time we have for today. Thanks for joining. Let's talk about books, baby. And until next time, may your journey be lighthearted and peace be plenty.